Everybody, uh, y'all follow along with the words on the screen.
Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us and come and worship you this morning, God. We thank you so much for these gifts that are going to go overseas, God. Uh, we pray for those children that, as we might just bring happiness to their day and that they might be touched by the gospel, that we have the freedom to worship you, God. We thank you so much. You bless us in so many ways. Again, thank you for everything you do, especially for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. I pray that we have a great service this morning, that we might take the word that we hear this morning and just take it in our hearts and use it in our everyday lives, God. Forgive us of all our many sins. In your name I pray. Amen.
built in the sand. Like a child by the seashore, building castles in the sand. Why's a man who in God sinkers fast? I believe in God, how completely till my cast. My castles, I'm lost. While I could child by the seashores, building castles in the sand. And and swim away. In each life. Storms will gather, rains descend, and wild winds blow. Why is the man who in God's anchor fast? Are you like that old wise man? Are you anchored? Do you know you? Storms alive are past. Castles built in the sand, though they seem to be so grand, will surely melt away. Cause in life's raging storms, they cannot stand. But in the rock of the ages, all my hopes are built today. And in the rock, they will never pass away. Yes, in the rock, they will never pass away. Thank you, Ronnie. And uh, that uh, words leaving us every now and then, they, they leave us. And uh, this reminds me of the, uh, you know, my sister's talking about uh, learning, my learning names. And it seems like though my Rolodex is full. <laughs> In order to learn a new name, I've got to forget another one. And then you go to somebody like, you know, who am I married to now? I say, I know her name, and uh, oh yeah, it's Karen. And uh, but only have so many names we can remember, words that we can remember. Wouldn't it be great if our church was known as a church of another chance? Amen. To think about that we we all need a second chance. Matter of fact, we got a second chance. At Calvary, when you were saved, whenever you came to Jesus and you, or you realized in your life that uh, I, I'm not headed to heaven, 
I need him. And we got a second chance at life. We were on a road to hell. A lot of people are on that road and they don't know it. Nobody's told them. One time I was talking to someone and and I explained to them, how do you get to heaven? And they said this, no one has ever told me this before. I actually had somebody tell me that one time, no one has ever told me this before. You may be the one that God has to tell somebody. And they may hear it. And the thing is, it may go over their head. It may go in one ear and out the other. But it may be the seventh time, the eighth time, the tenth time. What if you are the one that says it that one more time and they understand or they listen, the Holy Spirit works in their heart, works in their life, and that uh, they get saved. There's a lot the Bible has to say about giving a second chance. And in this passage that we have here in Matthew 18 is about getting a second chance. Let's all stand for the reading of God's holy word. In the book of Matthew, let's just read two verses of scripture. Then came Peter to him, as Jesus, and said, Lord, how often... Shall I, my brother, sin against me, and I forgive him? How about seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee seven times, but seventy times seven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us another chance. Thank you for the opportunity to offer forgiveness to others because we've been forgiven. You set the example so that we could forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Jesus was not talking about 490 times. And definitely, I know kids, no, not math. I don't want math and multiplication tables again. No, preacher. No, we're not doing that. Well, I'll just give you the answer so you won't have to work at it. But Jesus was not talking about 490 times. Matter of fact, Peter thought he was being very generous whenever he said, well, I'll forgive people that offend me seven times. Think about that. What if God had a number like that for me and you? What if it was five times? What if it was 500 times? I guarantee you that we've offended God more than 500 times. I guarantee you we've uh, sinned more than 500 because, I mean, think about it. A lot of people, you know, we want forgiveness of sin. But, you know, then we have, and it's hard for some people to grasp God's ability to forgive because they think they have to be good after you're saved, maybe to keep it. But we know that's not the case. But even if it even if it were, God has enough forgiveness to give you all the forgiveness you need. Now He does want you to ask for it. Now He doesn't. <clears throat> I don't think He asks us to to uh, keep in a 
There's no way we could keep an account book or anything like that. And can I name all the sins? But if you got one that's bothering you, it's probably because God's knocking on your heart saying, Hey, you remember what you did last night or yesterday? You need to ask for forgiveness because this sin has hindered our relationship. If God bothers you about a sin, then you haven't got it right before him. And you need to get it right before him. Sometimes we have to get sins right. Matter of fact, this whole section here is about getting things right with each other, about forgiveness between each other. But what that does is, is that sets up, it sets up how we should, how we get it from God and how we should treat each other. Matter of fact, this very first part, there's two parts to this message this morning. And it's all about second chance, how to give a second chance and how to get a second chance. How do you give a second chance? Well, that's the parable that follows the next section. Let's read it. Okay, let's just go through here. Verses 21 and 22, what we just read. This is what I call our mission. This is our mission. This is what. We need to be, what we need to be like is that God has forgiven us and Jesus, or actually Peter, was trying to say, well, let me, let me, let me understand. Make this clear to me. There's nothing wrong with God, with us saying to God, God, make this clear to me. How do you want me to treat others? And you know what? Let me just put it to you in country boy redneck terms. God wants you to treat others the way He treats you. Amen? Uh Uh-huh. You better amen or owe me one. Because God wants you to treat others the way He's treating you. The way He's treated you. Does God love you? Yeah. Yeah. He, does he want you to love others? Yes. Does God, has God ever forgiven you for anything? Matter of fact, if you've asked him, God has forgiven you of everything. And therefore, he wants us to be forgiving to people, not 490 times, not 500 times, but every time they come to you in sincerity, asking, requesting, Now, here's our mistake. The mistake, if we pick it up, verse 23, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven like unto a certain king. Now, that's the Lord. And he should take an account of his servants when he had begun to reckon. There was one fellow was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. He basically he owed him a million dollars. Now I know you could reckon that out and translate it all, but he owed him a million dollars. And uh for as much as he had not to pay his Lord. Now that's running up a credit card bill right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean he had a think of it, he had a wouldn't you love it right now, all of you who carry a balance on your credit cards, what if you got a letter in the mail that said Forgiven. Write it off. Wrote off. One time there was a, a, one of my good preacher buddies. He's done gone on to be with the Lord. And he went up to a, 
Baptist Hospital and his wife had a long illness here in Arkansas, this, this Baptist. And uh, his wife had a long bout and, and uh, with, uh, I don't remember exactly what she was fighting with, and was there for a long time. He got a letter, whatever the extenuating circumstances were, he got a letter, over a $100,000 bill wrote off. You do not owe anybody. Folks, that's the way our sin debt is. Jesus paid it all. Jesus, you don't owe it anymore. You couldn't even... And so this fellow had this huge bill. He couldn't pay. In verse 25, his Lord said, commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children. That just tells me and you that our mistakes and our failures affect others right there. Our mistakes and our failures affect others, doesn't it? Because this, this mistake he had made, his accountability is affecting his whole family. He's going to get what he's got coming to him. In verse 26 is what I call the, in verse 27, the compassion of the king. Verse 26, the servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. Is that something we don't have enough with each other? Do you think God has patience with us? Yet we don't have patience with others. And notice verse 27. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him, and forgave him the debt. He walked out of there a free man. He doesn't owe a dime. And he's shouting glory. Praise the Lord. But it was a superficial praising. And then our mistake is, is that God forgives us, yet we don't forgive others. Verse 28. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Owed him a dollar. Now, I'm arbitrarily just using these figures. You can figure it up again, but he he just got forgiveness for a million bucks. And he found one of his friends. Hey, didn't I buy you a Coke the other day? You owe me a dollar. Man, I can't believe you remember that. I I thought you were buying it as a gift. I thought you were being kind. And notice it says, which owed him a hundred pence. That'd be like a hundred pennies. It wasn't very much. And he held his hands, he took him by the throat, and he said, Pay me that thou owest. Now, now you're getting personal. Grab me by the throat. Man, you're grabbing me up. You're, you're telling me. You're calling me names. Man, you're just being mean. He was mean. He grabbed him by the throat. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you your dollar back. And he would not went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Well, I wonder how he's going to pay it in prison. And he would not, and he went and cast him to prison. His fellow servants saw what was done, and they were upset. And they came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest or begged me. 
Should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth or angry and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due him. Now, here's the the last part of this. In other words, what's the whole point of all this? Our, Our mission is to forgive. Our mistake is God forgives us. We don't forgive others the same way We got forgiven. Notice what that very last verse says. When Jesus, and if this is in your Bible like it's in mine, it's got red letters all through here, okay? And so this is Jesus talking. That's just an extra help for all of us. Jesus is saying this. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you if from your brain... No, no, no. It doesn't say that, does it? From your heart, for if you, if from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Most of us, we claim to be Christians, we claim to love the Lord, we claim to have Jesus as our Savior, yet forgiveness, and, and like, I, like I stated, or, or if I didn't, I should have at the beginning of the message, you are never more like Jesus than when you forgive. And Jesus is backing it up right here with his Father's own words. If you want to be more like Christ, if you want our church to be more like Jesus, think about it, a church that's head over heels in love with each other, a church that is head over heels in love with the Lord, a church that's full of forgiveness, a church that is full of a second chance. What if our church, you know, our church could be known for many things. A church can be known for friendliness. A church can be known for its music. A church can be known for its strong uh, preaching program. A church can be known for a lot of things. But what, what if a church was known for its forgiveness? Wow. Then you would have a church... That's full of people like Jesus. Now, that's the way you give forgiveness or give a second chance. You are giving. When you forgive somebody, you're giving them another chance. And a lot of people say, well, they're going to have to work hard to earn trust back. Well, yeah, that's that's a different story. This is about giving forgiveness. This is not about earning back the trust. You know, even uh, even if you look at it, it says uh, and the whole other story in uh, Luke 16, 10, it says to whom much is given, much is required. And so you can be given and God gives you what he can trust you with. Sometimes he gives you more. Well, the next part is what I call how to get forgiveness. The very first prayer that we'll look at is the prayer of Jonah. Jonah is a great example for a second chance. Now, there's a lot of people that get second chances in the Bible. A lot of people that started off or maybe somewhere in the middle. And all of us got a second chance whenever we got saved. But how many of us, since you've been saved, God's given you another chance? God's forgiven you. God's gave you another chance. Jonah was a preacher. A lot of people hold, elevate preachers up to, yeah, they, they don't make as many mistakes as everybody else. I think they make more. 
We do, and because God is holding us more accountable. He's given you more responsibility. I've called you, you've got this to do. They can fall flat on their face, and guess what he does? Matter of fact, he says, I hate those people. I don't like Ninevites. They're not Jews. I don't like them at all. I'm running. I don't want to preach to them. And he takes off. And the Bible says he goes down to Joppa, and he goes down to the ship, the pier, and then he goes down to the bottom of the ship, and he's sleeping, hiding, and taking over, and then they kick him off, and he goes down, and then he went not only down in the water, but he went down in the belly of the well, and then he went down to the bottom of the ocean. Matter of fact, the very first mention before, before anybody ever discovered it, it says that they saw, that he saw mountains underwater. There were no, nobody ever knew about that, but God knew about it. <laughs> and he put it in the Old Testament that there were mountains in the ocean, inside the ocean. But looking at this, what happened with Jonah? Look at this text real quick. In Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord God out of the fish's belly. And he says in verse 2, and I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the... Now, he says, this is not the comfort in. Amen? <laughs> Matter of fact, he says, you know, this is uh, uh, Bates Motel. <laughs> you know, this is uh, the, the hotel of hell. Because what does it say? Out of the belly of hell cried I... That's not saying you're staying in the comfort in. Okay? He said, out of the belly of hell, cried I, and heard, then you heard my voice. Verse 3, you cast me into the deep in the midst of the ocean. The floods can pass me about. The billows and the waves passed over me. He's describing how he got there. And then in verse 4, he said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet will I look again for thy holy temple. Do, do you remember, you know, some of these guys who work pipeline say, well, when they've been gone away for months and months and they get a chance, I get to go back to promised land. I get to go back, you know, to a familiar place, to a place that you long for. And that's what he's saying. I remember... When I used to go to church, I remember whenever, I, how it is back home. Where is he at? He is in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, in a fish's belly. And he said, man, I'm messed up. He said in verse 5, the waters compassed me about even to my soul. The depths closed about me. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down the bottoms of the mountains that's those underwater mountains. The earth and her bars was about me forever. Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption. By the way, this is his prayer. And then verse 7. This is how you get a second chance with God. Especially when you get to verse 7. Verse 7 says this. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Folks. Like that preacher said, one of these days, if you're saved, you may be running from God, you may be doing something against God, but you're going to hit rock bottom. And hopefully and prayerfully, like the preacher said, you'll find out that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. And yet you'll realize that. But it says right here in this verse, it says when he gave up, when he reached the end of his rope, 
when he run out of answers, folks, sometimes none of us will listen to God till you run out of strength, till you run out of hope. As long as you got an ounce of strength in your body, I'm, I'm going to give it another shot. I really don't need to hit my knees yet. A lot of times prayer is the first thing we do, but prayer is actually the last thing we do. We'll wait till we've run out of energy, till we've run out of everything. And then, hey, it's prayer time, preacher. Let's have one of them cottage prayer meetings. Let's go to the altar and pray. That should be one of the first things we do, but a lot of times it's the last thing. When did Jonah pray? When his strength ran out. Basically, why was he in the fish's belly? Because he was hard-headed. I know there's nobody in this room that's hard-headed. Yeah, there's no way in the world, Brother Ed, there's not. So, all of us have done learned the lesson of Jonah, I hope. And why was he in there three days? He could have been spit out after 12 hours. You know, I know it's very few times you get to say the word vomit, but I'm about to, because it's right here in the Bible. And you spit him out. That's all it means. But the Bible says, it tells you why he prayed. I'm praying because I'm at the end of my rope. I give up, God. That's what verse 7 is. Verse 8. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. In other words, you believe everything but the Lord. But I will sacrifice unto thee. And notice it says here, I will pay the vow that I vowed. Salvation is the Lord. And then the fish regurgitated Jonah. Well, one last example about how to get a second chance. Psalm 51. The prayer of David after he was caught in sin with Bathsheba. Uh, He had an adulterous affair. Um, The world today, we we want to call it everything but what it is. But he had had an uh, adulterous affair. He got caught... Nathan went up to him and said, you're the one, you messed up. And uh, he said, okay, I've messed up. Verses 1 through 6 is David asking for forgiveness. Verses 7 through 12, he's asking for a new start. 13, 15, he's asking for another chance. And 16 and 17, he's got a new attitude. And uh, he's praying Look at, just, if you have your Bible on the screen, follow along real quick. All right? Fiss and do this. I'm, I'm going to hit some really strong here. Verse 1, have mercy on me. Verse 2, wash me from my sin. Verse 3, folks, if you're saved... The very first person, when you mess up, the very first person, you may offend your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents. You may offend them, but if you're saved, the very first person you offend is God. That's the very first person you offend. And He's asking God for a second chance. And you only, you may get one from your, 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 uh, wife, your husband, your kids, your parents, or whomever the case may be. But if you want truly to have a new beginning, you've got to ask God for forgiveness. 
It's really, that's the first order of business. And that's what is against thee and thee only. I acknowledge my sin. Verse 4, it's all between me and you. And I'll get things right with everybody else later, but I've got to do verse 4 first. He's asking for forgiveness. Verse 7 is what I call a new beginning. And that's what he's saying. Get the formula 409 out. That's what he's saying in verse 7. Purge me with hyssop. That's, a, that's like what he's referring back to the priest sprinkling the blood. Get, that, get the Clorox out. Get the bleach out, God. Wash me. Why? That bleach will make that t-shirt white as snow. And the blood of Jesus will too. Your life. And it's only then when you had that uh, 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 new start that you can have joy. Hide thy face from my sins. It doesn't mean pretend they're not there. It means put them in the past. Put them away. And did y'all know God does that? When it says hide thy face from my sins, did y'all know God puts them in the depths of the sea? He, he casts them how far away? As far as the... East is from... You know what it means? It's not here anymore. When He puts it on the east and the west, they're gone. And that's what He's saying there when He says, don't have them in front of the face there. Then it says, create in me. Notice this new start, new beginning, a clean heart. You see it? And then what I call... Verse 13, ask... And of course, the most famous verse is verse 12. Restoring to me the joy. That's the final part of a brand new beginning. Verse 12. The joy of thy salvation. If you do verses 1 through 12, you cannot do verses 13 through 15 if you don't do verses 1 through 12. You cannot. Because verses 13 through 15 is, okay, basically this. It's saying saying this. God, I've sinned, give me a new chance, then, then, i got a, another opportunity, another chance. Another chance to do what? <clears throat> Verses 13 through 15, telling others. You may... Invite somebody to promised land. Praise the Lord. If you invite somebody to church. You may tell somebody about heaven and about Jesus. Praise the Lord if you do. I'm your biggest fan. Matter of fact, our church will not grow if the preacher is the only one. Invite. If, if the church will grow when you invite people to church when you tell others about Jesus. Okay. But there's, it's not going to hold a lot of weight if you are inviting people to church and you are telling people about Jesus, but everybody knows that you are not living for Him. That you don't trust Him. That you don't reflect Him. That you don't love other people. That you don't care for others. That you don't practice what you preach. 
that is not that the that the fruit of the spirit is not seen in your life. And people say, "Well, I think I'll go to church somewhere else." No offense, but it's contradictory. If we don't reflect the love of Christ in our life and we're inviting others, it's not holding a lot of weight. It's kind of like uh, we get put out with a, you know, my dad grew up under a state trooper and he talked about those who abuse the, the power of the position. Those who took advantage of their position. It doesn't hold a lot of, carry a lot of weight whenever you got the law officer telling you obey the law when they're not obeying it themselves. So you get a second chance, but you got to do verses 1 through 12 before you can get verses 13 through 15. And then lastly, having, you get a new attitude. If you do all that, you get a new attitude. It says, uh, In verse 16 and 17, you don't desire just to uh, come to church. Verse 16 says, you don't desire me just to come to church and drop some money in the plate. Sacrifice, burnt offering. But you desire a broken spirit, verse 17, and a contrite heart. God is the God of a second chance as we prepare for a hymn invitation. Maybe you need that second chance today. Maybe you need to pray that God would uh, say, I, I haven't been very forgiving. I haven't been very patient. I need to work on that. If you can say <clears throat> this morning... I need to be better at giving a second chance. Or maybe there's somebody here this morning and you say, I'm all about getting a second chance. Or even what if it's the 490th chance. Jesus says that's okay. If you come to Him in a broken spirit, He says you got it. That's all he's saying. Just come to him in a broken spirit. He says, you got it. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we do know that you give a second chance. and Help us to be patient and forgiving toward others, to practice what you've given to us, and to reflect the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.